Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Nice Talks. Today we're going to be talking about prostate cancer. November is all about raising awareness of men's health. Today we're looking specifically at prostate cancer and how it's diagnosed and treated. We'll be hearing from Dr. Waka Shah, who was the chair of our guideline on prostate cancer, and Laura James, the clinical services lead at Prostate Cancer UK. We're going to delve deeper into this subject, asking why it happens, who should be aware and what to look out for. Hi Wakar. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Firstly, I'd like to ask, what causes prostate cancer? Well, it is not known what causes prostate cancer. However, we do know that prostate cancer risk increases with age. Men are at increased risk from the age of 50 onwards. We don't know why, but the risk is higher for black men and also men with a family history of prostate cancer. Unfortunately, most men in the early stages of prostate cancer don't have any symptoms. Symptoms of prostate cancer do not usually appear until the prostate gland has grown large enough to press onto the urethra. These symptoms can include difficulty in starting to pass urine or incomplete emptying of the bladder or having the urge to pass urine straight away. Sadly, these symptoms usually caused by prostate cancer can be an indication of advanced prostate cancer. How is prostate cancer diagnosed? Sadly, there is no single test for prostate cancer yet. Men at increased risk of prostate cancer can ask their GP for a test called the prostate-specific antigen, or PSA test. The PSA test is not perfect and the results can be unreliable. As you know, NICE guidelines now recommend that these men have an MRI scan called a multiparametric MRI. This will allow doctors to see if there's anything suspicious in the prostate gland. If there is, and I have to say that for 75% of men there likely won't be, then these men will be offered a biopsy which is a targeted um, procedure to the suspicious area seen in the MRI scan. That's really interesting. So this kind of moves me on to how will this improve outcomes for people with prostate cancer by using the MRI? So in my opinion, multiparametric MRI scans are a game changer in the diagnosis of prostate cancer. NICE says that people should be offered multiparametric MRI as the first-line investigation for suspected clinically localised prostate cancer. And by doing this, the MRI scan will confer considerable advantages for patients. I think there are four main benefits. Firstly, the MRI provides men with a more accurate diagnosis. This means that fewer harmful or clinically significant cancers will be missed, and I think this is a very good thing. You can say that the MRI acts as a critical gatekeeper by asking the question, do you have a prostate cancer that we need to be concerned about or not? This has the effect of screening out people with insignificant prostate cancers, cancers that shouldn't bother them at all. So to put this technically, multiparametric MRI has a high negative predictive value. Secondly, MRI gives potentially less invasive diagnosis than was previously the case. It also means that men can avoid biopsy if the scan shows they are unlikely to have prostate cancer. 
This effectively means people will be screened out of an unnecessary prostate gland biopsy, something that, as we know, carries a risk, such as post-procedure infection. We also recommend that active surveillance should be offered as an equal choice alongside radical treatment such as radiotherapy and removing the prostate. What does this mean for someone with prostate cancer? Is it safe to leave the prostate cancer alone? This recommendation is for men who are diagnosed with a low-risk prostate cancer, which is unlikely to ever cause any harm. In fact, research has shown that 99% of men diagnosed with low-risk prostate cancer can live for 10 years, whether they choose to have active surveillance or opt for radical treatments like surgery or radiotherapy. In other words, what I'm saying is that doesn't appear to be any difference in outcome, uh, irrespective of what treatment modality is chosen. Of course, it's important that the cancer is monitored. That's what active surveillance does. But it also gives men the chance to avoid or delay the side effects that radical treatments can cause, whilst offering the same life expectancy as those who have undergone these radical treatments. Bear in mind that the side effects of radical treatment can often be life-changing. The side effects of radical treatment can include erectile dysfunction and bowel or urinary incontinence. Prostate cancer is one of the most survivable and treatable cancers out there. How is it treated? As you would expect, the treatment the man will have depends on the stage of the disease they are diagnosed with. If the prostate cancer is localised and remains within the prostate, then they can choose active surveillance or radiotherapy or surgery. This is sometimes given with a short period of hormone therapy which keeps the levels of testosterone low and can help shrink the prostate and any cancer inside it, making the treatment more effective. If the prostate cancer has started to leave the prostate and is locally advanced, then treatment involves radiotherapy in combination with hormone therapy. In the UK, prostate cancer is the most common cancer in men, with one in eight expected to develop prostate cancer in their lifetime. On average, men are less likely than women to seek advice from their GP. If detected early, a person has a 98% chance of living longer than five years after diagnosis. If it's detected late, there's only a 26% chance of survival. The risk of developing this cancer increases with age, but it can affect anyone with a prostate at any time. Hello, my name is Laura James. I'm the Head of Clinical Services at Prostate Cancer UK. I also spoke to Laura James. Laura works within the specialist nurse team and provides support to patients and their families. Laura, people with prostate cancer don't always present symptoms. In the UK, there aren't any national prostate screening programmes. Why is this? I think that's a really good question um, and actually at Prostate Cancer UK um, we don't think that it's acceptable that there isn't currently a screening programme um, and actually what we're doing as an organisation is we're currently funding research that hopefully will find a test that might allow for a screening programme in the future but in terms of, of currently where we are unfortunately the PSA test which is a blood test isn't accurate enough to support its use as a screening tool as actually 75% of men who have a raised PSA are found not to have prostate cancer so that's why we 
take the same line and, and agree with the national guidance that actually says that using the PSA test as a population-wide screening programme would actually end up offering more harm than benefit um, to the general population. Um, with early prostate cancer, men often don't have symptoms, and that's why actually it's so important that men know what their risk factors are for prostate cancer, and that's things like age, ethnicity and family history. But I also think it's important to say that actually until we do get to that point where we develop a better test and something that may be able to be used as a screening tool, um, the PSA test, which is, is the blood test that I mentioned, is, is actually our best means of achieving an earlier detection of prostate cancer in those men who don't have symptoms, um, especially coming back again to those at that higher than average risk of the disease. So. It's important to know about the risk factors. It's also important to know that all men over the age of 50 are entitled to have a PSA test. The key thing there is that men know the pros and cons of the PSA test because it's not a screening tool for prostate cancer. If the PSA is raised, that may indicate a prostate problem, but not necessarily prostate cancer. But all men over the age of 50 are entitled to have a PSA test. And we, you know, we really want um, healthcare professionals to be talking with men about the PSA test so that they understand that the benefits and the limitations to it. What should someone expect after their appointment with their GP if they present with symptoms of prostate cancer? So if somebody has, has started seeing their GP um, and had those sort of conversations, then what the GP might want to do is they might wish to carry out some tests to find out either if they have prostate cancer or another prostate problem because there are conditions that are non-cancerous that can affect the prostate. That's things like having an enlarged prostate or a condition called prostatitis, which is sort of inflammation, infection, irritation of the prostate. Um, so they may want to do those tests for two reasons. It could be because you have symptoms of a prostate problem that, that you've gone to the GP about or because you might be in one of those higher risk groups in relation to getting prostate cancer. Unfortunately, there's no single test to diagnose prostate cancer, but there are a few tests that a GP can do to find out if you might have a prostate problem. And that's things like a digital rectal exam, a PSA test and a urine test, which would rule out an infection, a urine infection, which can present with sort of, you know, very similar symptoms that might be to do with a prostate problem. Um, I think the important thing is that the GP takes the time to explain those tests to you. So with the PSA test, for example, talking about the advantages and the disadvantages to that test and give you the time to think through, do I want to have those tests done? Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it is your choice if you want to go down that route or not. Um, if you do decide that you want to go through and have those tests done, then your GP should then when you have them done and the results come back, go through those results with you. Um, and if they then think there is a prostate problem there that needs further investigation, they would then refer you on to see a specialist at the hospital. Our guideline says that people with prostate cancer should receive information tailored to their own needs. This includes being advised on how to get information and support from websites, groups and information services. What support is out there for anyone who thinks they may have prostate cancer? I think from, from our point of view, I would certainly say that first of all, there's the specialist nurses, which is the team that I'm a member of. Um, we're here to give information and support and we give that through a variety of platforms. So that might be predominantly and, and does tend to be through the people who contact us through the telephone. And that's a free phone number where we give free confidential information. It's 0800 074 8383 and we're there Monday to Friday. 
But it's not just over the phone. We know that sometimes people are more comfortable maybe sending an email or using a live chat facility, and we have both of those options. So we can also give the information and support through email, through live chat, and through social media. So if you go to the website Prostate Cancer UK, you'll see there there's a link to the specialist nurses. Um, there's also support in other ways. So there's also support groups. And actually, again, going back to our website, the charity website, you can actually put in and look for support groups that are near to you. And there are really great source of support for people um, diagnosed with prostate cancer and their family members as well. Um, we also have peer support which is um where we can put uh, men or their partners in touch with other men or their partners who've been affected by prostate cancer and they can talk about their situations in a bit more detail. And we also have our online community, which again is, is accessible through the website and that's where people up and down the country can talk about the, the concerns and the worries and the things that might be affecting them in relation to, to either a prostate cancer diagnosis or, or worries about symptoms or risk factors, um, even to the much more broader topics of things like travel insurance um, all, all manner of things you know it's it, it's a huge forum and there's lots of opportunities to, to ask questions and talk and again everything is free everything is confidential so there's a lot of support out there lots of support out there <laughs> so what advice would you give to anyone out there who has concerns either about themselves or a loved one I think the best place to start is with your GP because the likelihood is if you are going to have to have any tests or investigations done then it will be your GP who will do those and, and then arrange for you to go on and see somebody further if needed so that's a really good place to start having a conversation with your GP or, or practice nurse at your GP surgery but also the specialist nurses at Prostate Cancer UK are available to give information and support and we can give that Monday to Friday from 9 till 6 we work a later day on a Wednesday where we do 10 till 8 and if you aren't able to get through to us you can always leave us a message we will call you back or you can call us again the next day um, or you can communicate through us through the other ways that I mentioned. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nice Talks. We hope you found the information useful and remember to speak to your GP if you have any concerns. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to click subscribe to keep up to date with our monthly podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram with handle at NiceComs. Thanks for joining us.